people. Thank you, Lord, for your people. Blood-bought, loved by God. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. Those who are watching online, Lord, from their homes, again today as your word is spoken, I pray that our hearts would be encouraged. I pray that we would know the presence of the comforter, the presence of the one that leads us into all truth, the teacher, the one that guides us, counsels us, the helper, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for taking the Word of God, which is living and active, and applying it to our lives, comforting our hearts, stabilizing our minds, and taking us on and through and forward into all of the wonderful things that you have for us as your people. Our world may be in a crisis, but Lord, we thank you that this crisis will be a backdrop for the move of your spirit right across this world. We believe it. The greatest harvest is coming, the harvest of men and women, souls in their droves will fill the house of God again. And great will be the sound of celebration among the people of God as you inhabit the praises. Thank you. You inhabit the praises of your people. We thank you for it today. So Lord, as your word is spoken today, Holy Spirit, I pray, like David said, it would bring light. It would bring light. It would bring illumination on our lives. It would bring illumination to our path. It would bring order where there's disorder. Lord, it would, it would adjust us and correct us in whatever way that we need to be in, corrected. It would uplift our hearts, I ask it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. What a great morning we're having together this morning. Wonderful blessing to be together. It really is. And um, I know none of us ever take it for granted just to be together, to see one another, to be in God's house. It is a joy. It really is. There's something that happens when the church comes collectively together. And I know that there's many that are joining us online that can't be here, present today with us. But even online as you're watching, we're together as the church collectively. And there's a dynamic that takes place that is supernatural because God inhabits the moments that we're together. He really does. Well, today I'm continuing on in the series of messages titled A Hopeless End or An Endless Hope. I want to encourage you again with this statement. It is impossible for a Christian to ever come to a hopeless ending in life because in Christ Jesus, through the promises of God, we have an endless hope. In him, there is an endless hope that has been deposited right deep into the core of your spirit as a result of Christ Jesus living in your heart. It's not as a result of you trying to generate this hope. This hope was born in you the moment that Jesus Christ landed in your heart by his spirit. It's not something that you're trying to hold up. It's not something that you're trying to bolster and keep together. This hope endures, Paul said. It's an enduring hope. It's a living hope that you have been born into. And it's there in you. And in hopeless times, in amidst trouble, in amidst circumstances, in hopeless times, this 
endless hope that we have in Christ Jesus comes alive and energizes us and strengthens us and takes us through. It really does. And the week before last, I picked up on a powerful phrase and powerful phrases that the Apostle Paul used when describing this hope that works in our lives. Using Abraham as an example, in Romans chapter 4, Paul shows us that Abraham believed when everything was against hope in his life. Talking about Abraham, Paul says this, against all hope, in hope. Abraham believed. It sounds like a contradiction because it is a contradiction of life, a contradiction of circumstances around. But even amidst all of the contrary things that were working against Abraham, even amidst adverse forces that wanted to break his hope, Abraham, in hope, believed. That's how powerful this dimension of life is that God has for us. That's how powerful this dimension of hope is in our lives as a result of Jesus Christ being in our heart. Romans chapter 4 verse 18, listen to these words of Paul again. It says this, Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Romans 4 verse 18 to 20 from the New Living Translation says this, puts it this way. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith, listen to this, did not weaken. Even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. You see, this is the dimension of life that God wants us to understand that we have in him. You have it. You don't have to try and discover it. Jesus Christ, by the power of his Holy Spirit, resides in you as a believer. You may say, well, I, I, I haven't been a believer very long. Do you believe that Jesus Christ died for you? Do you believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? Then you qualify for this life. This life is in you. This life is a powerful dimension and a way to live. And this is how Abraham lived. It's amazing what hope in God achieves in the most hopeless of time in the most hopeless of times it's amazing what hope in god achieves when all hope seems to be gone this is the picture that paul shows us this is the picture that paul was unpacking to a church that was struggling and facing a hopeless end paul comes out and he encourages the church at rome who are being terribly persecuted by reminding them that when all hope had been lost for Abraham, in hope he believed. In hope he stayed strong and his faith didn't weaken and he never questioned the promise of God over his life. He didn't even waver at it. He stayed strong even when things were contrary, even when questions arose. Let me ask you today, are there things contrary to your hope being fulfilled? Of course they are, there are. There are things constantly, forces at work that want to bring down your hope, that want to bring down the hope that God is building in your heart. The promises that he has spoken, forces at work 
against that hope, but against all hope, in hope, you remain strong, child of God. You remain strong, believer, in your faith. Don't waver. Don't question. In fact, use even the most darkest of moments to grow stronger in faith. Don't let situations and circumstances and what people might say and what even your own mind might say. Don't let all of those things diminish your faith. Isn't it wonderful to live like that? To actually see all of these contrary forces working against you and actually grow stronger in faith. Hallelujah. That's why as believers, we can be the happiest people on this planet. Why? Because we don't get our happiness and our joy from circumstances. We get our happiness and our joy and our security in this unwavering, unshakable faith that we have in the one that has spoken his word to us. Hallelujah. What an amazing dimension of life you have. As a believer in Christ Jesus, it's an absolute miracle and nothing less than a miracle. Nothing less than an absolute wonder is working in your life. You see, what Paul was saying through what he was writing in Romans chapter 4 was that everything was working against Abraham becoming what God had promised. God had spoken. God had made clear exactly and in detail what was going to happen in Abraham's life. But everything around him was set to work against what God had spoken. But don't be discouraged, Paul was saying to the church at Rome and to every other believer that would open Romans chapter 4 and read it. Don't be discouraged when things work against you. Don't be discouraged when things are contrary to the hopes that you hold in your heart. The promises that seem to be unfulfilled year in, year out. No, don't waver. Let the years as they go by strengthen your faith just like they did for Abraham. When you look over your journey of life, just like Abraham, you would be able to locate, like I, many moments, many against hope moments where you have remained in hope, where you have believed. This is the journey of faith. It really is. Moments, crucial moments where you think, do you know what? I've come to an end. I've, I've, I, I've come to a stalemate in this situation. Moments where you think, do you know what? God can't come through. And then suddenly you're into a new chapter. Suddenly you've turned a corner and you're moving forward again in that hope towards the fulfillment of that promise, that word that God has spoken. Abraham and Sarah's bodies, Paul tells us, were as good as dead. Their bodies, their own bodies, were in a hopeless state. And Abraham recognized this. Abraham saw this. God had promised them a son. God had promised that Abraham would be a great father, that all of the nations of the world, of the earth, would be blessed through him. But that promise had been left standing for 25 years. 25 years hanging in the balance. 25 years circumstances and their own bodies were working against the promises of God being fulfilled. Their lives were a complete contradiction to this word being worked out in their, in their time. Their lives, the very forces of nature, were all set against the word of God being fulfilled. And yet seeing this, Abraham grew stronger in faith. It's amazing. 
It really is an amazing dimension of life to live in. The life of faith. When you believe God's word, even though everything around you and about you contradicts the word that he has spoken to you. Sarah was 99 years of age. Her womb was barren. Abraham was a hundred years of age. And then Paul introduces another phrase, which is very powerful, to really outline how hopeless the situation was. He says, their bodies were as good as dead. Now, you can't get any more hopeless than a dead body. Biologically, biologically, they were dead. Biologically, they had no hope to ever produce anything naturally in and of themselves. That's exactly where God wanted them. That's where God was leading them to for 25 years. God didn't want them ever to be able to come to a place where they thought that they could bring the promise about. And many times there are seasons in our lives where we come to a place where that promise seems as good as dead in being fulfilled, as good as dead in it ever coming about. Maybe today you feel as if you're in a season where things are as good as dead. Hope is as good as dead. Things are working against that promise that God has given you that you hold in your heart ever being realized. Forces are coming against it. And even in your own mind, you're struggling. But your faith, your faith is strong. You know, when there's doubts in your head, it doesn't mean to say that those doubts have to filter down into your heart, does it? No. Even though with all of those doubts swirling around in your head. Because sometimes our mind is a battlefield for the enemy. Sometimes the enemy comes on the territory and the battlefield of our mind. And there's a war waging and you know full well about that war. But I tell you, you take that shield of faith. You take that shield of faith that that you are armed with in your heart and you quench every fiery dart of the wicked one because that hope that you have in your heart is as real and as true today as when God spoke it. Don't let go of that dream. Don't let go of that hope. It will. It will be fulfilled. It will come into being. When God, when God decides the time is right, In spite of his body working against him. In spite of having no possibility biologically of ever creating or bringing into being. This promise of a child that God had spoken about in hope, against all hope, Abraham believed. He believed God. The result? was Isaac. Isaac. The name means laughter. The name means joy. Because I tell you something now, whenever God fulfills a promise that you've been holding on for, for 25 long years, and suddenly it comes about when you can't bring it about, joy is always the result. Joy is always the fruit of a promise fulfilled. It 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 is always the crowning of God's promises, joy. And they received that little bundle of joy in their arms. And the promise of God was fulfilled. Today you may be believing, holding on to God's word. He's spoken it to you. You know it to be true. Your hopes and your dreams, and your desires, and the very direction of your life has always moved in line with that promise. God, the Holy Spirit, speaks a word to you today and says, 
Against all hope, in hope, believe. Against all hope, in hope, trust him. He'll come through. When all hope is gone, remain in hope and believe. This is what brings glory to God. This is what brings glory to God. When everything is contrary, that's what Paul says. When everything is contrary, when it looks as if it's impossible for the promises of God to be fulfilled in our lives and we remain happy in heart, going forward, trusting God, believing Him. This is what brings glory to God. God sees it. God observes our lives. God, it says in Hebrews, it says it is impossible to please God without faith. Faith in the promise. Hope in his word. Believing what he has declared to be true. And not wavering from it. Do you know, whilst pastoring here, I've seen many occasions in your lives. I've been involved in lots of different situations in people's lives within this church where they have been at a place where against all hope, in hope, they believed. And I tell you, it's been an encouraging thing to see. It's been an encouraging thing to see the people of God stand up in faith and in the face of all the odds being stacked against them, remain strong in faith, undaunted by the challenge, undaunted by the impossibility, unmoved by the storms of circumstances and the uncertainties of what's ahead. It's been so encouraging many times to see people's faith Simple people, unwavering, and even strengthened. It's been amazing to see it. So encouraging. And I know many of you could look at around the room and be able to see those of us who have walked that place. And you'd be encouraged in your heart. It's great to look and to see and to observe. Not easy. Painful. Painful. But you know, it is a joy as a pastor to see the Word of God being exampled and lived out by God's people. It really is. It really is. Exciting and encouraging. You know, I've seen businessmen in this church have hopes and dreams for their businesses, wanting them to be prosperous and everything that God's created them to be. And I've seen those businesses go through storms. I've seen those businesses face challenges and uncertain times. And yet, businessmen, businesswomen, holding on to the promises of God, against all hope, remaining in hope, When everything sometimes seems as good as dead in the water. Still unwavering in their faith. Walking through the crisis. Walking through the difficulty. And even in the midst of uncertain odds against them. They've come on through. And God has taken them into a new season. And honored their faith. It's incredible when you look around the church and see people who have been in situations where it would seem all hope is gone. But when everything's been against their hope, they've remained in hope. You know, I was thinking as I was preparing this message this morning, I was thinking about Alex and Chi-Chi. And, um, you know, a number of years ago now, they were in such a time, in such a moment, a moment where everything was set against their hope, But in hope, they believed. In hope, they did not waver at the promises of God, even though everything was uncertain. And I remember Alex coming to me one day, and we had been applying 
to the home office to get them their visas and their, their right to remain to stay and then on to get their passports. And there'd been a lot of backing, you know, a, back, a, a lot of toing and froing around the issue. And then the day came where we had to go for, to, to, for a visit to the home office in Cardiff. I remember it. And we went down there and they were quiet and happy in their heart, joyful, uncertain, and, chi and, and triumph, uh, triumph as well. Alex, Chi Chi and Triumph, all of them have been on this journey of faith. And it's been wonderful to behold. And I'm using them this morning. because It's very powerful. And I know many others we could, we could talk about. But them in particular. Remember going down and we, you know, you get called, you go into a, into a, into a room and we sit down and they're very gracious people, not loud people, very gracious, very peaceable people. And in comes this lady and she's not peaceable. In fact, she's very rude. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, hmm, you know, you're talking about people's lives here. At least you can be polite. You're talking about people's futures. And I didn't say anything. And they quietly observed and listened. This lady, for an hour or so, was very rude. And, um, you know, she just kind of, in no uncertain terms, just began to spell out the, how hopeless the picture was, like people do. How hopeless their, their situation was. Very rudely. And, um, you know, Chi-Chi just responded and gave the necessary paperwork and smiled graciously at Alex as well. And this lady just kept on going, well, you know, um, just want you to know that the home office can come at any moment in time. You need to be ready. Because at any moment in time, we can just suddenly come in and we can put you on transport and you'll be taken to a holding bay in Heathrow and then you'll be sent back to Nigeria. And all of these kind of conclusions and all of this hopeless picture was being painted. And you know, as she was painting this, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And I didn't realize at the time he spoke exactly the same word to Chichi. Isn't that right, Chichi? Exactly the same word. And this is what he said. Just see the Holy Ghost. He isn't panicked, man. He's not panicked by what people say. He's not panicked by the threats. He's not panicked by the hopeless picture that people paint. Why? Because he's given a promise. He's given a word. That's where your confidence is. He's generated hope in the heart. And the hope, Bible hope anyway, is a confident, clear expectation that good is in my future because God is the God who holds my future. And that's the hope that I saw in their hearts. That day, the Holy Ghost just quietly, just really flatly, right? Just really flat. That's the only way I can describe the tone of his voice. Unperturbed, completely at calm and in peace. Said, this woman is wasting her time. That's what he said. That's what he said. All hot air. But that's what he said. This woman is wasting her time. I tell you, man, he just brings closure right there. Closure. Closure on her rude, arrogant, proud, impolite manner. That's how he dealt with Pharaoh through Moses. Tell you. And uh, we, we went outside and, you know, walked up. Chi-Chi, I, I, Alex, I got to tell you this. This is what the Holy Spirit said. Bam! Suddenly she's like, that's what he said to me too. What, what is happening in moments like that? Hope, hope is being generated. They already had the word anyway. They weren't going anywhere. But I, I was praying in those times. I thought, my God, Jesus... I need, this church needs Alex in Jesus Cares. It needs him. I can't, honestly, I prayed many prayers. I thought, my God, I can't, we can't do without him, the little tinker. 
We've got to watch you don't break the speed limits on the forklift, mind. But I tell you what, what a blessing. Then, so, so on from there, on from there, we went to the law courts, right? And this is where everything would be finalized. This is where either the judge, right, would, would grant their um, right to remain in this country and grant their visa onto their passports or he would, he would just say, no, you know, you've got no right to be here. Well, we turned up, we turned up, had a little prayer, went into the, into the law court and the judge said, well, I'm not going to grant your right to remain. There is no grounds for you to remain in this country. You're going to have to go back to Nigeria, right? Now, when the judge is saying it, we come out and we just look at one another. And I can see there, I tell you now, completely untroubled. It's wonderful to see the unwavering faith of God in people's hearts. It encourages me. I tell you, it encourages me. Examples of faith. Just went out and just carried on believing. Well, the months went by and they just kept on doing what they had to do. Everything was finalized in the judge's mind. Everything was finalized in the home office's mind. And then suddenly things just turned 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 they got their certificate their right to remain in this country even against the judge's orders and now they got their passports isn't that fantastic how can that happen how can that happen i'll tell you it can only be a miracle it's a miracle of god unwavering faith in the promises, unwavering faith in the one that's the same yesterday, today, yes and forever. Unwavering trust in him. Bringing him through. It's incredible. It's wonderful to see hope working, faith working in people's lives. Now when we look and Time has gone really this morning, but for the remainder of our time this morning and on into next week, I'm going to look at the life of Joseph. Such a young man, young man of faith. And we're going to see that there were many moments in Joseph's life where he was at a place in life where everything was against his hope, but in hope, he believed. We're going to see in Joseph's life that there were many seasons, just like there is in our lives, where everything would seem as good as dead. But suddenly, on beyond the deadness of that life situation, on beyond the deadness of a crisis, of a circumstance, on beyond the dead-end places of life that he visited, on beyond it, hope led him through. On beyond it, the promises of God steered him and took him into the destiny that God had placed on his life. Joseph was a young man like many other men and women of faith in the Bible that against all hope, in hope, believed. And like Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, when they endured in hope, Joseph, we see, as you look at the panorama of his life from beginning to end, you see this wonderful enduring hope taking him through so that he arrived ultimately in everything that God had called him to achieve with his life. His life is a message to each and every one of us. Stay strong in faith. His life is a message to all of us. Don't waver at the promises of God even when circumstances are against, are against the fulfillment of that promise. His life is a message to us that sometimes 
reverse is the new forward in God. When everything is going in reverse, when everything seems to be working against the Word of God coming about in your life, that's when God is actually working. It's a strange thing. It really is. Because when we want things to work together, we collect all of our experiences and all of our efforts and they all come together so orderly and so well and so logically and so rationally. But God doesn't work like that. He doesn't. Very often God, contrary to our understanding, uses many different things that seem so adverse, that seem so impossible. It's almost as if he uses the crisis. He uses the impossible moments of life that we face as the material necessary to fulfill his promise in your life. And we're going to see that as we look at Joseph's life. Let me read to you from Genesis chapter 37, verse 3 to 11. And today, we'll see where hope was born. Hope was born in this young man's heart when God spoke to him through a dream. That's where hope begins. Remember many weeks ago, we looked at Romans chapter 15 where Paul talked about God who is the source of all hope. You want a hopeful message? You want your life to be filled with hope? Open the Bible. It's on every page. Why? Because God's the source of hope. He's the source of it. And Joseph came into a moment in his life where he encountered God, the source of hope. Genesis 37, verse 3 to verse 11 says this. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic, a coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream. This is the moment of hope. This is where it's born. This is where it's initiated. It's not born and birthed or sourced through the empty promises of man. No, hope is born from the heart of God as it impacts itself into the heart of a man or a woman, as it did in this young man's life. Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please, hear this dream which I have dreamed. Yeah, love him. Oh, love him. That's great, Helen. Oh, love him, bless him. He's going to get it now. When he begins to unpack his hope, I tell you, please hear this dream. He was just excited, you see. Young man, 17 years of age, at the outset of his life, has an incredible encounter. And it's real. And it's alive. And hope has a language. Hope needs to be expressed. Because it changes your life, changes the way you think. You realize that you're born for bigger things. And it's not to despise anybody else. But suddenly, you realize that God has a wonderful plan for your life. And he has to communicate that. He can't hold it in. Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheath arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaths stood all around and bowed down to my sheath. Why would he get any trouble for saying something like that? I don't know. And his brothers said to him, Shall we, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him 
even more for his dream and for his words. Then he dreams still another dream. And it's like God just adds it on, man. God is going to launch him good. He's going to go flying forward into destiny. He's got a date with destiny that God is going to hold him to. And God's setting him up. Then he dreamed and still another dream. And he told it to his brothers and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bow down to me. Be happy for me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. What was happening? This moment in Joseph's life, hope was being born. In the privacy, in the secrecy of his own bedroom, out of the public eye, hope was being born in this young man's heart. God doesn't do this with everybody, but he certainly does it with some people. And as the church, we always want to celebrate. Hope that is born in the heart of a man or a woman or a young person when it's been birthed there by God. We don't want to envy those who come up through this church or this house. We don't ever want to contend with those who are burning with the call of God on their life to do something in their day and generation. No, we want to be behind them and encourage them. We don't want to be like Joseph's brothers. But this was all part and parcel of his dream being worked out and his hope coming into fruition. But what was happening in this moment, in this time, was that Against all hope, against everything coming into place and into plan for his life, he had to hold to the hope that was alive in his heart. And we're going to look at it next week. We're going to see how this hope held Joseph. We're going to see how Joseph had to stay true to the course that God had called him to. In amidst all of the things that tried to cut through and break apart this hope that he held in his heart. Joseph, as a young man, had to venture on through into this mysterious journey. This mysterious path that ever unfolded before him. He didn't waver in faith. He didn't doubt once the promise that God had made. He never questions. You look at his life and he goes through some of the harshest things that anybody could face. He never complains. He never challenges God. He never questions God or asks for an explanation. He just lets life unfold and trusts the sovereignty of God to fulfill the word that he had spoken to him in his room. That is faith. It's what Paul calls walking by faith, not by sight. When he said that, he wasn't talking about walking around with your eyes closed bumping into things. He was talking about shutting off sometimes the eyes of your understanding, shutting off the eyes of your logic and reason that would cause you to make decisions contrary to the way of faith. He said we walk by faith even when our reason rails against it, even when our reason wants answers and explanations and our reasons want immediate decisions and our logic complains. Walk in faith. Don't waver. Don't stagger at the promise of God. Believe and we'll see. We'll see. 
Joseph lived this type of life. That's no to come. We're going to close in just a moment. I'm going to pray. But you know, again, as I was preparing just this message over the last few days, I remember as a young man listening to an older businessman share an amazing testimony. I was in but my teens. And this man stood up and he wanted to testify how God had been faithful. Very prosperous businessman at the time. He wanted to testify how God had seen him through the many seasons of life. And he started by not talking about how successful his business was. He started talking. He started his talk and his testimony around how he was at a point of bankruptcy in life. He said, I was at a point of bankruptcy. I had 10 pounds to my name. What a great moment for God to step into. What a great moment to see God work a miracle. Not a nice moment for your senses. Not a nice moment for people watching and looking on. Not a nice moment. Not a pleasant moment of life. But a moment that faith loves. A moment that your faith rises to stand up in. And uh, this man said, he said, you know, he said, I was in, I thought I'd go to, go to church and get encouraged. So he was in a service and he was sat there and the music was on and he was pretty discouraged. Not because of anything happening within the church, but just because of his situation and his mind, you see. Asking questions like it would. Nothing wrong with that. Asking questions, explanations. I've trusted you, God. I've believed you, God. I've given to your cause, God. Now, all I've got is 10 pounds in my pocket. Doesn't look very good. Well, it came time to take the offering. Touchy subject. And um, the offering bucket was coming down the aisle and the Holy Spirit said to him, why don't you just take that 10 pound in your pocket and put it in the offering? He's thinking, my God, now you want to take my last 10 pound off me. All I've got is 10 pound to my name. I'm on the verge of bankruptcy. I've got 10 pounds and you're telling me to give the 10 pounds into the bucket. His reason started to rail. His, his logic rose up and questioned that precious, still, small voice that leads you in hope, that leads you towards the fulfillment of the promise. When everything's against hope, in hope, believe. This was the, most, this was the moment that this man was in. Everything was as good as dead. And now the Holy Spirit said, put your 10 pounds in the offering. Well, that man, because he was a man of faith, because he didn't waver at the promises of God, because he knew the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, listen, for many of us, we may never be at this kind of situation in life. That's absolutely fine. But we can be encouraged by his example. He took his 10 pound, put it in. Said, there you go, Holy Ghost. See what you can do with that. Do you know what? That man, he said that from the moment of putting that 10 pound in the bucket, he said, supernatural things started to happen in my business. He said, opportunities that I had worked for previously, opportunities that I had tried and, and deals that I had tried to put together and had been unsuccessful suddenly were revived. And he said, Opportunities started to come from everywhere to the point that my business went from bankruptcy, got back up on his feet, and he said, over the years, opportunity has never ceased to this day, and I am an exceeding 
I'm exceedingly prosperous businessman. Let me tell you now, that is not a testimony from a man who's in America. Nothing wrong with America, right? That's not a, that's not a testimony of a man or a person at the other side of the world. That's a testimony of a man who lived in Cardiff. Who lived in Cardiff on our own soil. You see, when God speaks... When God speaks, don't waver. When God, and it may, it may be regarding finance. It may have nothing to do with finance. It may be to do with the word that he's given you in your heart. Hold on to it, church of God. And even when everything is against your hope, in hope, believe. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the tenacity of your people. I thank you. This is the army of God. This is the church of the living God, where the Spirit of God resides. And I thank you. We may not look like much on the outside, but I thank you that we are your temples, Holy Ghost. Greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. We are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. Lord, if God is working for us, who can work against us? We thank you that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And Lord, I pray right across this place and even those who are watching online this morning that hope would be revived, that their hearts would be stirred up. Oh, that the promises of God, the powerful word of God, Lord, would divide that which is soulish and that which is spiritual. And Lord, the seeds that have been sown over the years, your people would harvest. Your people would step into that, Lord, even if it seems as if they are in as a moment where it seem, would seem as good as dead. Lord, I thank you. They're going to just step on through that to receive everything that you have promised and spoken over their lives. In Jesus' name, we ask it for your glory. And all God's people said, amen. And everyone at home said, amen. Come on, church. Stand to your feet. Noel's just going to finish and sing, but keep your faith and your hope alive in Jesus' name.